Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. It is not just any other episode, it is the first episode of 2019. Happy New Year to you all. And also, it is a very special edition because we have got a full-on Jedi Council membership in attendance today. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, of course, I'm your host, Alex. And this is the first time you have found us then. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to the Jedi Council podcast. We hope to keep you entertained for the next hour, hour and a half-ish uh, of everything and anything Star Wars. If you are returning for another listen, thank you very much for your loyalty, your friendship, your, follow, your fellowship. Uh, we hopefully, again, keep you guys entertained as well. If you're coming back, we're obviously clearly doing something right. And like I just said, I'm not alone. I'm here with a full-on list of Jedi Council members. And first and foremost is my good buddy and my brother in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Oh, you didn't tease me this time, which is good, because that would totally disrupt my flow like you did in the last one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have the first lady of the Jedi Council podcast, Miss Mera Ranger. Say hello, Mera. Hello, Mera. Hello. We also have Mr. Lego himself, Andy. Say hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. And last but by no means least, Mr. Contrary, Alistair. Say hello, Ali. Hello, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I left you last purely on purpose because I knew you was going to do that. Uh, how are we all doing? Welcome to 2019. Happy New Year to you all. Happy New Year. I was really hoping somebody was going to reply that yeah. it felt like it was going to go completely flat. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the end of the podcast. Now we can all turn off and go home. No. Happy um, New Year. Oh, Mera with her, her wonderful tones there. Again, uh, after the last podcast where you kindly sang to us, uh, happy birthday. Nice of you again saying happy New Year. Hope you've all had a good Christmas or a good New Year. Hope your 2019 has started, not just to Jedi Council, but also to us listeners. Uh, thank you very much for, for taking the time. Before we jump into the agenda, quick hello for 2019. Dave, how was your Christmas and New Year? Oh, brilliant. Um, I managed to get two whole weeks off for, for Christmas and New Year. And it was lots of family, um, relaxation, doing lego with my youngest he, he built an awesome non-star wars i'm afraid um technic articulated lorry um no uh, it, it was just just nice and relaxing more relaxing i think than i've had of christmases recently so no it was really good really good thank you how was yours so, yes very good thank you i uh spent christmas in the north of England with family up in Sheffield. Um, the weekend before that, I spent in London with my family. Uh, and then for New Year's Eve, I flew over to Florida. I jumped on a cruise ship and was on a cruise ship around the Bahamas for four days. Uh, so it was a very warm, very hot New Year, which was amazing. Um, and being at sea, which was very odd uh, at the same time. You know, when you're in the middle of the Bahamian Sea celebrating New Year's Eve with literally nothing around you. Uh, it was quite quite unusual, quite quite nice though. Um, but it felt really strange being at midnight standing on deck in a pair of flip-flops, shorts and a t-shirt um, <laughs> rather than being in the UK in a cold four layers, gloves and a scarf. Uh, so for me, it was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Ali, what about yourself, mate? How was your Christmas and New Year? Yeah, pretty decent. I've, I'm working a lot of the minute, so actually I work through Christmas, but I, I had a couple of days in Ireland with my girlfriend's family, which was very nice. And um, yeah, it's, it's my birthday on Friday, so I'm going to Rome for the weekend. So that should be really nice. So awesome. yeah, it's all good. All good. Excellent. Andy, what about you, mate? 
Yeah, it's been fun. Um, it's been a while actually since I've managed to get on a podcast. I've been doing all sorts of stuff. Um, I, I'm now unemployed. I go for work in the first week of December, which is quite <laughs> fun. Yeah, just after a few months off, going to try and catch up with a bit of DIY and stuff. And yeah, I've uh, done a lot of travelling, did about a thousand miles over Christmas and New Year in total, seeing various relatives. Um, but yeah, not really stopped at the moment. I've had some time off to have a break and not really had a break. But you know, <laughs> hopefully it's all going to calm down now it's New Year. Jeez, a thousand miles and that's just travelling around the UK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was in t- uh, 12 days. I drove over a thousand miles. <laughs> wow. That is yeah. both scary and impressive at the same time. I know, it's weird. <laughs> and Mera, how about you? How was your Christmas and New Year? Uh, it was nice. They were both quiet, but I had unexpected days off, and uh, that was uh, that was a nice surprise. So I had two very long weekends and, and short weeks. Um, in hindsight, I don't know if they did me any good because I was so tired going back. This week was the longest week ever. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you're very nice. Thank you. Good, good. Now we are all caught up with our personal lives. It's now time to jump in to our Star Wars lives. Uh, it kind of feels like it's a you know, a secret life with them. We're hiding, you know, we're now going to talk about something completely different, which is Star Wars. So we've got a pretty packed agenda uh, for you guys. We've got a roundup of some news, talking about a little bit about resistance, uh, a little bit about the um, Disney and Fox deal. Uh, apparently that's going to come to fruition this year at some point and what that could potentially mean uh, for Star Wars. Some news about the Disney Plus uh, app, a little bit about Galaxy's Edge, and then we're also going to have a bit of a review of 2018. So what we mean by that, guys, is that for the last 12 months, we've obviously been trying to get as many podcasts out to you all to listen to. We're going to just have a bit of a chit-chat around our highlights of 2018 from a podcast perspective, i.e. what we discussed on, on, on the podcast and everything like that. But then also 2018, our favourite bits from a Star Wars perspective as well. So as you can see, lots to talk about. So let's jump in uh, to the news roundup first and foremost. Talking about Resistance. So as some of you guys will have listened to before, Resistance is a bit of an interesting one uh, for the collective. Um, it's kind of a mixture uh, amongst the five of us. I, I'd probably say that's a, a fair assumption, guys. What do you think? The fact that, you know, I think some of us like it more than others. Uh, some of it's warming. Uh, it's getting a bit better. Um, Andy, I know that when we first spoke about Resistance kind of separately, you're, you're quite a fan of the series, right? Yeah, so I... It, I, I sort of went into it with an open mind, having only ever experienced watching the films with Star Wars. So, yeah, still not watched Clone Wars or Rebels or anything else. Um, and yeah, I actually thought it was pretty good. Um, I appreciate that it's obviously aimed at a demographic, which necessarily isn't us. It's possibly slightly younger. But yeah, I mean, without overthinking it and just sort of watching it for what it is, I, I, I quite enjoy it. I mean, if you said to me now, Oh, what was your best moment so far? I'm not really sure because I don't think there has been a standout moment. It's just sort of flooded <laughs> along. But at the same time, I do quite enjoy it. It's a bit, it's a bit of light entertainment. Um, it's not too heavy. You know, it's it's a bit upbeat. It's a bit, it's a bit sort of twee in in a way. But yeah, I, I think it's great. And if I had a, I don't know, a child between the ages of sort of four and eight, maybe I'd, I'd certainly sit down and watch it with them, and I think they'd really enjoy it. Because the reason why I asked you in particular, knowing that you are a fan is that obviously the, the news that is in and around resistance is that it has been um, season two has been confirmed. Uh, so we're going to get another season uh, of resistance. Is that a good thing for you? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, the only thing I'm hoping they do, um, and this is either at the end of season one or season at the, at the start of season two, is to tie it in a little bit more with 
the the story of the Force Awakens because at the moment it's it's sort of sat in its own little silo. And I know it's it's in the in the sort of lead up to that film, but at the moment, yeah, it's a bit. I don't know. It's just sort of yeah, in its own little hole for for want of a better phrase. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an interesting one because obviously what else has dropped uh, from a resistance point of view is that as we know, uh, in December it kind of went on a bit of a mid-season break. Uh, the trailer for the second half of season one uh, also came out just a couple of days ago, if I remember correctly. Um, and I've seen it, and I don't know if you've seen it, Andy, but yeah, it looks like the rest of season one is going to do exactly. Um, what you're hoping it would do. There's even clips that we see of Hux with his infamous speech from The Force Awakens kind of in a animated version, which I'm, I'm kind of all for. I, I do think it brings together the series a hell of a lot more. Um, and if we can see, I'd love to see Kylo Ren uh, as well. Um, anyone who's listened to the podcast, I know I'm a bit of a fanboy when it comes to Kylo Ren. Uh, with the mask, more so than without the mask, but that's a very different conversation. Um, but I think if they're going to do that in this particular series... The rest of season one should be good. And who knows where they're going to be taking season two. Uh, Ali, you're another kind of fan-ish of The Resistance. What are your thoughts on season two and the rest of season one? It's a pretty big ish you've given there. Um, yeah, fan-ish, <laughs> not, not quite sure. So I'm, I'm caught up on it. Um, I've got to be honest. I find it, or did find it, very, very hard going. Um, the last episode, if you've seen it at all, and, um, you know, I think we can talk about it now. You know, you see Hux, you see Leia being Leia, you see Kaz actually growing up a bit and taking um, taking orders. It it felt a little bit more mature and, and along the lines where you'd hope to go. Um, with season two, of course, it's really interesting you mentioned the Hux speech because that obviously means that we're going to go past The Force Awakens at some point in season two because in mid-season of one, we know that we're going to hit that point. So it's, it's quite interesting that clearly they're going to use Resistance as the bridge. So, um, you know, my personally, Joy's still out. I, I can't I, I can't say it's my favourite animation I've seen. Um, I think Storyline's still pretty weak, but it's Star Wars, so I'll keep going with it, and, and I'm hopeful that it'll, it'll get better. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Um the fact that, you know, we know that it's going to lead up to, to The Force Awakens. As we know, The Force Awakens ends as The Last Jedi begins. It will be really interesting to see if Resistance kind of gets into that territory. Because, as you know, in The Last Jedi, the call was made out to support anyone of the the uh, the Resistance. But nobody came to the rescue, for want of a better word. Spoiler, if you haven't seen The Last Jedi. Um but ultimately, it'd be really interesting to see where the story goes up to, to that point in time as well. Dave, have you caught up with Resistance? I know you've seen a few of the episodes, but I wasn't sure if you were fully up to speed on where we are. No, I stopped watching it episode five. Not, not that I will never go back to it, but I think I've just been occupied by other TV shows and so not yet got back to it. Um, from what? I've just heard from from Ali and from yourself. I have more hope that it becomes more. Um, but I'm I'm in agreement with Andy to some extent that it fills a particular niche and a, a particular age category. I've got no issues with that whatsoever. Um, it's it's for me it's a Bob the Builder in Star Wars universe, um, and and that's fine. Right? I've got kids 
that that grew up loving Bob the Builder. So <laughs> so it had, it does have its place in the Star Wars universe, and and it's right that um, Disney and and Lucasfilm are trying to broaden the appeal, trying to aim at, at different demographics. I, I'm I'm fully on board with that. It's just yeah, for me, I can take it or leave it at this point in time. That's interesting because I know that Mera again. I know you saw kind of one or two episodes, and you've not managed to didn't see any more. Again, are you kind of in the same boat as Dave? Are you haven't you caught up, or are you uh, a little bit more caught up now? A little bit more with Dave. Um, honestly, I haven't had time to um, even with my days off the holidays to sit down and watch much of anything. Um, but uh, I did read up a little bit, and so it's nice to hear that there's a progression and that there's a growth. I mean, you do really need to start somewhere, and especially if we're meeting a certain uh, age group or or whatever, I think it's accomplished that. And it makes sense having watched it as much as I have. I will also continue as well, like Ali. Um, and um, I think what really, uh, whatever I read, I wish I could remember off the top of my head here, uh, that, I mean, you do have to have a place to go. So you have to start, if you want growth in your, your I mean, any writer who starts a story has to have the ending, right? So they know where they want to go, and there's got to be a growth of the characters and and uh, a connection that we have with them. If that is happening, uh, I um, I as I hope it really does. I look forward to it more than not. But I've really got to get into it and sit down and watch it again. Yeah, no, that's completely understanding. Uh, it's interesting your point there that you made that the writers surely have an idea where the story goes and the end in mind. It's funny because when you think of the the new trilogy, that doesn't seem to be apparent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe not. Who knows? Should, um, should, should we go there? Should we no. really go there, Alex? <laughs> well, I was hoping to leave the Last Jedi as one of the highlights <laughs> of our 2018. Um, so uh, yeah, let, let's kind of park that conversation for now, <laughs> and we'll come back to that in a little while. Um, but yeah, so obviously the news about Resistance getting renewed is clearly doing something right. Otherwise, it won't be renewed for another season. Uh, and hopefully, if the trailer for, for the end of season one is anything to go by, it, it could be onto bigger, bigger and better things, uh, the way things are going. So that's that first piece. And then the second piece of news that we wanted to kind of quickly talk about was, as we know, Disney put a bid in, I think it was last year, uh, to effectively buy Fox. Um, it was the year before. Was it? See, that yeah. blurs into one. Wow. There you go. So this news has been rumbling on for a while. There was a rival bid uh, from, I think it was from Comcast at some point, yeah, last year. Um, so obviously that kind of delayed things to a certain extent. Um, but now what we're seeing is that the deal is going to be confirmed, uh, tightened up. We are led to believe uh, by March, meaning that from March of 2019, Disney will own a large chunk, not all of it, but a large chunk of the Fox uh, portfolio of films, um, but also from TV shows as well. So why I'm bringing that into the mix from a Star Wars perspective is that this could potentially mean something really big for A New Hope. So when we know that, we knew that obviously Disney bought Star Wars and Lucasfilm, but what they didn't buy um, was the full-on rights to A New Hope. So when you look at everything that Disney have bought, it was the Clone Wars TV show. It was the first, sorry, the five of the six movies from Empire Strikes Back through to 
Revenge of the Sith. So what they didn't have was the full-on distribution and ownership of A New Hope, which is why we've never really seen a full-on released Disney version of the Blu-rays. Um, we know that the Blu-rays are available to buy, um, but you still see that A New Hope, and again, everything that is from A New Hope perspective in the parks, in the Disney parks, but also from a publishing perspective, isn't really referenced. So, you know, we've never seen Disney host trailers, for want of a better word, of A New Hope. It's always been Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. So what this could actually mean going forward is that we could start to see Disney do a lot more with all of the six so where I'm hoping that could potentially go, and I don't know if this will actually happen or not, who knows, but the fans, and I'm sure some of you guys might have felt the same about this as well, is that everybody wants to see a Blu-ray HD version of the original cinematic releases of the original trilogy. The special editions are great, don't get me wrong, but what we don't have at the moment is a HD version of the original cinematic trilogy. And I, for one, would love that. Now, I've got every single blu-ray dvd hd video of every single movie that's ever been released but knowing that we could get potentially a blu-ray of a new hope and the original trilogy of the original cut for me is incredibly exciting now my wife would probably shout on me going why do you need this again you've got everything anyway and i'm sure you guys would probably be the same with your other half but nevertheless that that excites me um and and dave you know we were fortunate enough to go and see uh when we was in Germany, they had the 3D version of mm. Attack of the Clones. We saw the movie in the park. Obviously, the 3D uh, films didn't finally get fully released. Do you think we could see something like that as well as the original cut of A New Hope? Well, I believe that Attack of the Clones had had the 3D treatment. Phantom Menace did and got released. Attack of the Clones did and was shown in Germany. Yes. Apparently, the other ones were partly made but they weren't actually yeah. released yes so, so yeah it's possible that they'll they'll complete them be quite nice <clears throat> that'd be awesome well i think it'd be anyway um, yeah so yeah i mean the, the, the phantom menace worked for me i mean mm. the, the the prequels were more cgi heavy which was obviously always a um one of the the complaints of fans the, the fact that maybe the cgi um superseded the actual the strength of the story at times um but the one thing that cgi does lend itself to is being tinkered with post-production to turn it into a 3d more so than mm. than standard standard effects so tinkering with the the prequel trilogy could be easier than than tinkering with the original trilogy but no, 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 it would be great. It would be great. And another thing for me is the potential that the 20th Century Fox fanfare comes back to Star Wars. Yes. With the full Ooh. drum roll. The full snare drum. I hadn't even thought about that. I'd love to see that. Because at the moment, you, you have um, the Disney... Um, castle and then you have the Lucasfilm come up and shimmer and go green mm. and then it goes into the movie but imagine if they brought it back to the cinema with the, the drum roll, the intro that would be pretty cool it's funny you say because we, we, when we went to watch it in, in concert and that's we exactly saw, where I was going Yeah. yeah. Even, even the 20th Century Fox um, intro was done by the orchestra and how amazing was that? 
uh, the, the, the hair stood up on the back of my neck when they did that. It was amazing. Yeah. You you it know is. you're starting to watch a Star Wars film when you hear that. As daft as that sounds. No, it doesn't say sound daft at all. And daft. <laughs> daft kind of, Vader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the question is though, you know, if at the moment we've had Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Solo, and Rogue One. None of them have had the 20th Century Fox intro. Yeah. Have we as a fan base missed it? Yes. As we're... What? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The thing, the thing for me is that if we didn't have it for Rogue One and Solo, I think I would have been more accepting. But to not have it in one of the trilogy movies, or two mm. of them as it is now, that's where I miss it the most, as weird as that might sound. No, it doesn't. I it's, mean, Rogue One in, yeah. in Solo. Oh, sorry, speaking over somebody. No, 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 go on. Go on. Uh, I agree, Alex. I mean, Rogue One in Solo story. I mean, they're individual stories. So it's, it, to me, it was acceptable not to have that, although it would have still been nice because you associate it with that. But it was more acceptable for me than the new trilogy or the, the sequels. You know, anything Skywalker related. I, I don't know. Cause for, for me, Solo and Rogue One were closer to the the original movies for me. Much closer in, in their tone um, and, and the way that they were put together. Don't get me wrong, Force Awakens, again, another... It, it had the right sentimentality of the original trilogy. But I think because Solo and Rogue One were more... Uh, original stories let's say um i think for me i missed that that intro for them mm. too mm-hmm. especially for again i mean this is purely my my interpretation of this now i see rogue one as being the very first movie now so it's rogue one then a new hope then empire and then i i, I revert to your order in alex and jump to one two three then go back to number six as the finale Mm-hmm. So, so for me, Rogue One for me sits as part of the the, the original trilogy now. Yeah, you are probably not alone in that. Um, it's funny, I even though I, I agree with where you're going with that, I don't know. I, I for some reason I always see Solo and Rogue One as key movies, but not within the story arc. Even though yeah, Rogue One finishes when. Even though Rogue One finishes exactly the moment that A New Hope starts, mm. I don't know. It, 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 it isn't the story arc per se. Ali, I mean, you just said that you agree. I mean, is it yeah. is, is well, the I same think, for you? Well, I think when you say, I'm going to watch Star Wars, you're talking about the Skywalker saga when you're mm. thinking about films. I mean, even on this podcast, I sometimes, I sometimes miss out eight and nine because i'm because i've been so used to one to six being star wars and the skywalker saga i do think people equate that more but just to go back to your initial point by the way and and i know you call me mr contrary i I actually wouldn't want to see a super redone version of the original it was shot on 35 mil and i like that feeling Mm mm-hmm I don't think we always have to go back to everything and make it super glamorous 4K HD. It looks great back then, and it still looks great on that. 
Um, ah. so, so I'm not sure actually I would I'd watch it but I don't think I'd buy it because actually I this is my view like I I'm not the biggest fan of 3D films for example mm. I actually prefer it when it's shot on 35 mil classic cinema I like mm. the sound improvements but I'm not I like that experience and that might just be some of a certain age where that's what I'm used to but I, I wouldn't really be that bored I'd like to see it in 3D but I wouldn't be buying it or anything uh, no, yeah, no, I take your point. And I think what maybe I didn't explain myself clearly enough, but what I meant was the original cinematic cut, but just on Blu ray, if that makes sense. Um, not tidied up like the special edition, the original showing, but just on a yeah. Blu ray format, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. I want to jump that, in a little bit here, Alex, just quickly before we move on. I, yeah, I haven't actually seen any of the original cuts, I've only ever watched from the original trilogy. The first time I ever watched them, I think, was with my dad, and he had like a DVD box set or whatever. I think it was probably even VHS box set. But I don't think they were the original cuts. I've only ever seen, for example, like the, the, the scene with Jabba as, as a sort of CGI slug. I think it, it was, the original cut was just a guy dressed up. Well, no, it, it, well, it wasn't even in it. It wasn't, it wasn't even, even in it. it, yeah. It wasn't even in it. It was filmed in the original era, yeah. but it was never then added into the movie. And it was a guy who was wearing almost like a bearskin, big furry uh, coat, side, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like coat thing, yeah. And That's then, it, yeah. and then once Return of the Jedi was done, and Jabba then became the the slug thing that he, he that the Huts became. That was when they did the special edition, what twenty years later, and they decided to try and put in Jabba the Hutt, and and so they superimposed the slug on top of the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd quite like to watch the original, just to see how it was first released. So, you've never seen the original, so you've never seen the wonderfulness that is in The Empire Strikes Back when Luke is driving his snow speeder. You can see the Atat through the wall. You've never seen that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm crying right now, I'm crying. (laughs) So, please, please can they release that that on Blu-ray or whatever? And the original cuts, I'd, I'd more than happy They did. It. They did. Come on over. Wow. Well, you are in for a treat if they do get released, Andy. That is for certain. You will never see that again. Um, the way things are with the technology and what they do with the movies these days, you will never get anything like that. I think there was even scenes where you can see the odd wire here and there from some of the... Uh, <laughs> well, you, some you, of the uh... you say that, but then in The Last Jedi, there was the scene in the fight with... Um, Ray and the Praetorian Guards, yeah. where she was effectively stabbed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then they they then had to try and cover it up. And the Praetorian Guard lost his blade. Yes, <laughs> it disappeared because, mm. due to the editing. Yeah, but that that was released that way. You know, when you look at what was done in the original trilogy, there was glaring editing issues that were still released and put in the cinema and loved and adored by the fans. It's not like The Last Jedi was re-released six months later with that cut out type thing. <laughs> Does that make sense? They yeah. were perfect. <laughs> <laughs> in the purest form, they were perfect. Absolutely, no, absolutely. And that kind of takes us on to the next topic of conversation from a news perspective is Disney recently announced that Obviously, we know that the, the new streaming app, Disney Plus, is, is coming. Um, what they have announced is that they will not be making Star Wars movies purely for the Disney Plus app. 
Now, I had never even thought that they would, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so this announcement both kind of surprised me a little bit because I didn't expect them to, but it also made me happy because if you think of the budget that would only be allowed, for want of a better word, on a streaming app, you're not going to get hundreds of millions of, of pounds and dollars worth of budget to make a film. Therefore, the movie potentially would be, there I say, sub quality, subpar. Um, whereas when you look at the Mandalorian TV show that will be on the Disney Plus streaming app, it's got a decent budget, but there's no way near it will be the amount of money that's thrown in to make episode nine, for example. Um, So for me, that kind of made that, that kind of made me happy. And, um, you know, Ali, how do you feel about, are you glad that we're not going to be seeing that level of film on the streaming app? Do you think Star Wars should just stick to the main cinematic screen? I do. I I, I do think that, but I do think, you know, we are, now, what, 11 and a bit months away from the next Star Wars film and nothing else has been announced. The Rian Johnson trilogy, Ryan Johnson, has gone away completely. There's no way that DB Vice is working on the on a, the other trilogy at the minute because mm. obviously Game of Thrones finishes in April. They'll be editing that right now. So we actually don't know what the future for film and Star Wars is at all right now. There's no sequel to Solo. There's no Boba Fett film. No one's heard if there's going to be any other side projects. So it's it's a slightly concerning time. I mean, I know it's great that there will be um, really fantastic live action programs happening on the Disney Plus channel. But right now, we we don't know what's happening with Star Wars and movies going forward at all. Yeah. Does that worry you? Yeah, I'd say so, because if you want to create a real quality Star Wars film, as we kind of discussed before, the storyboard should be done by now. It should have been announced. Pre-production should be happening right now. If you look at the amount of time you've got for the current film, it's on a two-year schedule. That's what you need to do a good Star Wars film. And if you want to bring one out in December um, 2020, where is it? Where's the announcement? Where's the director? Where's the casting? Nothing's happening. Yeah. Do you think this could be linked into the Bob Iger announcement recently where we said they're going to just completely slow down on everything and anything Star Wars? I, I think I think they're changing tactics on it. I, I, think, I think this is part of a bigger discussion about Disney, its priorities, about, you know, the success of Marvel. Obviously, they're acquiring X-Men now, the Fantastic Four. They're acquiring lots of different properties at once. And we've seen with Galaxy's Edge... That's going to be absolutely huge for Star Wars this year. We've seen quite controversially, I'm not sure if we're going to come on to it, about the quite huge increase in prices at Disneyland to get into Seas Galaxy's Edge. Um, it does seem to me that it's a very odd time for Star Wars. It hasn't made the money in the toys. It hasn't made the money in the cinema. Resistance has been lukewarm. So I, 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 obviously there's a plan. Obviously something's happening, but... There's going to have to be some huge announcements at Celebration in a few weeks, well, months' time to really satisfy us and know what exactly is going on out there. Mic drop from Ali. <laughs> Not very hush-hush. Yeah, You've missed no, ranting, right? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. This, this is what is great about getting everybody on a podcast because we all come from it at a different angle. Um, Ali, you raised some incredibly valid points there, mate. You know, that because nothing has been announced, it is both interesting and worrying uh, from a certain point of view. Mara, do you kind of share the same concerns as Ali? 
Yes. Yeah, I really agree with Allie. I, it's quiet. It's, um, yeah, what's happening? I mean, before we had this, should I call it a barrage of media and uh, information? And uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with Allie. I'm with him on this one. It's a little bit too quiet. I mean, I just, I just do want to clarify the fact that there is obviously great things going along with, you know, the Clone Wars coming back, with the live action. I mean, I'm finding what's happening in the comic series incredibly intriguing right now. You know, I think at some point it would be really good to talk about the Vader comment, comic and what's happened there. So there's lots of good stuff happening. But when we're talking purely on the cinematic universe, it does seem to me that Solo has shaken their confidence somewhat in, in their... And their planning has changed because of it. Well, it's sad that it's actually Solo that did that and not The Last Jedi. It wasn't Solo, was it? No. Solo I, wasn't I, the cause. So, Solo became the effect, not the yeah, cause. Yeah. And it's really too bad. Yeah. I agree, I think but it's the financial impact of Solo, which means that they're rethinking any kind of side project. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I think it leads back to the interesting conversation that we've previously had. Uh, and Dave, you know, we've kind of echoed each other's feelings on this. It isn't the volume of Star Wars that's the problem, it's the quality that counts. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, if they brought out a Star Wars movie once a year, or if they went down the path of Marvel and did two or three, as long as the quality measures the quantity, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to see subpar Star Wars. Um, Again, I don't want to bring this up, but <laughs> we saw it with The Last Jedi. Um, and it's kind of created where we are now. Uh, and, you know, the way you mentioned it there, it's the effect. Solo has suffered badly because of its, you know, its sins of the father, if you want to go down that route. Yes. Um, yeah. Solo is, is an amazing film. Um, I've seen it like three or four times on Blu-ray since I've had it. And it keeps getting better. There's small things that I see on a regular basis. I'm thinking, yes, this is done so well. Um but now we're kind of seeing Disney Lucasfilm change their tact in the way they do things, which, you know, it could be for the better. Who knows? Um, but nevertheless, the fact that we aren't getting the regular information. Yes, we have uh, Celebration in April. We also have D23 in August. So D23 is the Disney fan convention uh, where they make always make massive announcements of, of what's going on. Um, so I fully expect... If not in April, then most definitely in August for something to happen. We've even got Comic-Con in July like we do every year. Um, so knowing we have these three kind of tentpole events of the year from a, definitely from a Star Wars perspective anyway, um, I'm hoping we get a little bit more. Um, but again, the, the kind of looping that back around to the new story on the Disney Plus, I'm glad that we're not going to get subpar movies. Um, you know, some Netflix films are decent. Um but they are never the production quality that you want to see in the cinema, which is where I think Star Wars belongs. Andy, you know, what do you think? I was just going to say, actually, Alex, I completely agree with you. Um, I think for me, and this again goes back to the fact that with me not watching Rebels, etc., Star Wars for me is the big screen. It's a big event. It's going to the cinema. It's having, you know, the full surround sound, the massive screen, the hugely immersive experience of, you know, when, when, when the, the yellow scroll sort of disappears and the camera pans and then you get shit coming and you, it just vibrates the, the cinema. You just think, oh, this is amazing. I don't think you'd get that with a film just released for, for home 
video, I would say home video, it's not really home video anymore, <laughs> Netflix or streaming or whatever. You don't, it, it just doesn't have that same big cinematic effect. Um, so I think, I mean, my ideal would be that they sort of stick to the cinema for the, for the big films and their series, like The Mandalorian, etc., and all the sort of animations around that. Uh, do, I mean, do what they like with those TV streaming or whatever. But yeah, stick to the cinema for the big films. That would be that would be my preference. Yeah, completely agree, um, Dave. Um, I know you've jumped in a little bit, but again, you know, you're you're a fan of the the TV shows, which you obviously see on the small screen. Fan of the movies, which you see on the big screen. How would you feel if Disney decided to bring out a movie of Boba Fett on the streaming app that you can only access on your laptop? Well, you know. Yes, um, I'm I'm torn because I'd like to see that story, but I wouldn't like to see that story compromised. And and I, to take your point, the fact that there there has been good films on both Amazon and Netflix that have been done by those channels. They've they've been very well scripted. They've had some good actors in them. Um, they've been well put together from from the perspective of the the, the, the production generally from the production, but they're not big budget. They don't have the CGI. They don't have the special effects. They don't have um, the vistas that you tend to get that that are reserved for the big screen. So, <clears throat> yeah, uh, at this point in time with regards to how much these movies cost to produce, I think the cinema is the place for them. Um, because I don't think that they'd have the budget to do this, the same scale for the streaming service. Mm. And I think that's, that, for me, is, is the, the, the point, really. Um, that said, I might go forward 10 years. Um, advances in computers it's possible that the cost will come down. And maybe that is something that they could explore in the future. Because you, you wouldn't even have seen some of the TV shows that you do see on the likes of Netflix, such as The Expanse, um, Altered Carbon. Like they, they are good TV shows that are being put out by the likes of Netflix, very good sci-fi, great storylines, well-acted. The graphics are okay. But they're, they're not on the level with a Star Wars movie. But give it ten years of of advances in computing, and maybe they will be able to produce that that quality on on a better budget. You don't know. And again, without Disney telling us anything, who yeah. who is going to know? <laughs> but I do. Yeah. Think you, you have to look at the numbers behind it as well. So, you know, people may not like the Last Jedi. And DVD sales aren't necessarily the best indicator, but it's still sold double what Solo is because people mm. don't think of Solo as being a main Star Wars film. You right. know, if you're if you're if you're just a casual collector and you want to finish off your set, you might buy The Last Jedi, but you don't buy Solo. And I think that's a problem for Disney, and perhaps one that we didn't see coming either. That there is an appetite for main trilogy. Again, maybe that was the mistake that Lucasfilm did in the first instance. They they 
took a very... I'm not faulting the reasoning behind what they've done. They looked at the franchise. They bought the franchise for $4 billion. They, They thought, right, okay, we've got a massive, passionate fan base here. A, pass, a, a fan base that now stretches 40 years or almost 40 years. What's the best way of re-engaging with them? Let's bring back those beloved characters, the Skywalker name, the legacy of Vader. Let's bring back um, Princess Leia or General Leia as she became. Let's bring back Han Solo. These are these are the beloved characters. These are the ones that will bring people back to the box office. And I totally understand why they did that. Because they had to try and re-engage with a marketplace that was nervous around Disney acquiring Star Wars. So I, I, I fully get that. But what they've actually done is create this, this idea that the trilogy is the only story that matters now. Yeah. And the continuation of the Skywars saga is the only story that, that matters. And all the little side stories are bit pieces. Yeah. And what what maybe they should have done was just draw a line under that original trilogy or the proof. Yeah. The, the original trilogy, I guess, because it would have finished it. Return of the Jedi. They could have jumped to a brand new era of star Wars, a brand new character, a brand new family. They, they wouldn't even necessarily have tied into the Skywalkers. You could have, you could have, if you jump forward in time, you could have tied into the fact that, the Skywalkers were there in the past at some point. You could even have re- redone the entirety of The Last Jedi and and The Force Awakens, but without the Skywalker legacy in there. It would have worked just as well. They, mm-hmm. they were purely there, for want of a better word, as clickbait to get the, the fans to come back. And maybe if they'd agree. not done that... Mm. Maybe if they'd not done that, Solo would have done better at the box office. Rogue One would have done better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do. Sorry, just to go back to, and I know DVD sales are not the best because we probably all use streaming services to watch films as well now. But if you look at the USA, which is obviously the big market for DVDs, Star Wars: Last Jedi finished tenth last year. Can you imagine another time where a Star Wars film of the main trilogy wasn't number one or at least in the top three? Solo, 21st biggest selling. There is a problem out there with the Star Wars brand that people just aren't buying it. And I don't I don't understand how you solve that without having an absolutely amazing film in December. It's funny you say that because <clears throat> one of my friends who... He isn't a nerd, but any stretch of the imagination. Uh, he just general conversation. Uh, he obviously knows that I'm a huge Star Wars fan, um, and he said to me completely seriously, "I don't understand why you still like Star Wars. It's pretty much dead, isn't it?" Ooh. So this, yeah. So this is somebody who isn't as into the fan base as as we are. He isn't a huge cinema goer um, or anything like that. So for the casual person who i know this is only one person but nevertheless it's 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 the way that it was kind of positioned as it's pretty much dead now if you look in the press alex it's been pretty negative all year and if you were if you were a casual fan you would assume that it's a fan group that's tearing itself apart that doesn't like this film that causes actors to come off social media 
you yeah. would think that it is yeah. absolutely imploding. And despite the fact that actually on the ground, it's some of the best times with some of the best content that's coming mm. out in other forms. See, yeah. that's that's it. From a mainstream media, mainstream information, if you want to call it that, Star Wars is looking, it's on the ropes. You know, if this was a Rocky film, um, we would be in like round 11, Rocky would be getting the absolute kicked out of him or punched out of him, I should say. And it doesn't look good for our hero. <clears throat> but we have the 12th round, which is Star Wars Episode Nine, And dare we say it, and I think we've echoed this in the past on the previous podcast, but that will make or break the cinematic universe from a Star Wars perspective. Um, and that, it, it's scary because yeah. I feel sorry for J.J. Abrams. And, and again, we've said this before. If he gets it wrong, I don't think he will, by the way. If he gets it wrong, he's going to get crucified. Yet, again, sins of the father, it shouldn't be him that gets crucified. It should be Ryan Johnson. Sorry, again, I'm going off on one about The Last Jedi. But if that film hadn't been handled so badly, Star Wars... From a certain point of view. From a certain point of view. (laughs) The film, the the, the fan base, the franchise that is Star Wars wouldn't be in the position it is now, arguably. No, no, I totally agree. But then, like I said, if if they'd not gone back to this to the same family, if they'd mm. not gone back to the continuation of the story, they probably won't be in this problem. Agree. And and, and I and I I understand why they did it. But the the more I've looked at it, the more I thought that was their biggest mistake. Following up on that point, Dave, um, you know that I, I don't want to get into this too detailedly because it would be detailedly. Is that even a word? It is now. No, it is now. Um, we we it, something we can talk about on a future podcast. It's, it's a brummy word. It, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what I've mentioned before about having only recently in the last quarter of, sort of two to three months watching the, the new. Mm-hmm. Like, they were obviously a very, very different style. Christopher Nolan directing. Very, very different style to the the previous Batman films, Batman Forever, Batman Returns, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et um, they were all a little bit camp, though. Yeah, but they were. They were, to be fair. But the, this, he, he took it in a new direction, which I thought was phenomenal. I still think there's a there's a an opening for someone to do that with Star Wars. Now, whether it's it would be my preference, whether it would be someone like Nolan to take a really strong character like Vader. And, and sort of go a proper side story, really develop the character, you know, make some certificate 12 or even 15 rate movies with some proper violence and really, you know, really show Vader unleashing hell. That would be my preference. But like, like the five minutes at the end that we get in Rogue One. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, we have that. But in between that, you've got you've got him becoming Vader at the end of episode three. And then in the cinematic universe, at least the next we see yeah. of him. Yeah, he's in Rogue 20 One. years. Exactly. You've got a huge time period to play with there. I think there's so much material that is left to be discovered in the Star Wars universe, even with existing characters. The problem is, though, Andy, is that people thought that about Solo. But it was just another another Star Wars film, very similar. They didn't find an audience. And this this goes back to Dave's point, is that because they went back to that well so early of Skywalker saga, it's tainted the whole thing for everyone. I think you'd be much more interested in finding what happened to Zola, Vader, Obi-Wan if they hadn't done these films 
Yeah. And you hadn't seen, oh, okay, so this has happened in Clone Wars, this has happened. Yeah. And then you get this it's, weird yeah. problem of, of, of that, that perception of this is where it goes and this is how it happens. And if it doesn't go that way, you get a lot of angry people. Yeah. And it's... it's so you, 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 yeah, you've, you've almost, by revisiting the original characters, even if they're handled well, and to be honest... I'm now thinking that none of them have been handled well. Even looking back at what they did with Han Solo in the first movie, or the, the seventh movie, he became the deadbeat, abandoned dad who walked away from his family when things went a little bit wrong. And and that, again, mm-hmm. he, he... I don't know. In a way, when you watch Solo, the, the, the standalone Solo movie now, that was closer to the original Han Solo character. The happy-go-lucky, the, the optimist, but the realist. The, the guy who thinks he can do anything because he, he, he's got that edge and he'll, he'll test that edge. Whereas... What you saw with with the the Force Awakens, and 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 maybe this is a case of your heroes grow up and they grow old, but we saw Han Solo grown old, bitter, and jaded. I would argue in the fact that he's not exactly the most positive person in New Hope. <laughs> Let's be honest, he, he is, is in his, he is in his own ability. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, that's there's a difference between being cocky, but being an optimist. He's optimistic about himself because he's cocky, but his actual mood, his actual kind of personality, he's quite selfish and negative. You know, like when well, he, he when they go in the Death Star and he's like, oh, he, the only reason why he rescues Leia isn't because he's a nice guy; it's because there's money. And that's not yes, being an optimist; that's being greedy. But then at the very end of the movie... He, he's redeemed, if you want to call it that. Yeah. But he, at that point... He comes yeah. back, puts, puts himself on the line for no reason, because he, he had a clean escape then, and instead he came back and blew Vader out so that Luke could take the shot. So it was yeah. redemption yeah. for his but character as much it, as anything else. Even 15 minutes before that, when he was packing up the Millennium Falcon with his reward, it was like, I could do you... You're good in a fight, kid. I could do with you. Dump, dump the rebellion and join me. That's yes. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, okay, he was saying that, but then fifteen minutes later he flies back. Fifteen yeah, minutes, no, of course. Later, yes. He's he's. I mean, he, he, it begs the question that yes, he's saying that at that point in time, but deep down he was still he was still the good guy. Which, when you watch Solo, the the, the standalone movie. You see Kira say that to him. You know your problem, Han? You're the good guy. I know you better than anybody else here. You're the good guy. And she tells him that. And that's that's why he then double-crosses um, Voss. Because he wants to get the, the fuel to um, Emphy's nest. Because he sees that as the the right thing to do. So deep down, he's always had the right thing to do. It's there. 
And then you saw that throughout The Empire Strikes Back. Because, again, he could have run and he didn't. Permission so, to say something slightly controversial. Go on. We're talking about development of the character. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about development of the characters and how maybe Disney could have done something a little bit different um, or maybe not reuse some of the characters. But going back to my point about a completely different trilogy with a completely different director in a completely different direction, do we think that they've been a little bit safe with the new films? And sort of just by, by rehashing characters, rehashing old storylines, yes. but also just uh, the way the stories have been told. That's totally yeah. what they've done. Because they've they've tried to re-engage with this original fan base. That's that's what I was saying. That they yeah. they chose to continue the Skywalker story because they knew that there was money to be made in that. They they went back to tr- a tried and tested storyline of my well, let's let's face it, um, Force Awakens was a New Hope completely remade. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. then you then look at the Last Jedi, and that was Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, completely remade. They, 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 they've not yet trod a brand new path with those stories. If anything, Rogue One and Solo were both unique stories and completely different. Those yeah. are the, the, your unique stories at the moment. The trilogy isn't. So did they but, assume that the well, original well, fan base wouldn't have bought into a brand new story because that would have been wrong i would have gone for a completely new story because it's star wars i would have watched that i would have gone to it i didn't need another skywalker saga i didn't or or chapters of i would have it was it's star wars i'd go see it i would have gone to see it without luke yeah me too no i agree I totally agree. I would have done, but I think they were looking. They were looking at the the, the backlash from the prequels. Yeah. Yeah, but and, and the, the the love everyone has for R two D two, the love yeah. everyone, yeah, and the love everyone has for Luke Skywalker for Princess Leia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you can always have R two. R two never ages. That's that's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> it's been no. superseded by the BB eight line. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%, Dave, and, and, I've, and I think I've been saying about moving it forward for a long time. The only thing, of course, was, was that they were in a unique position because of age to bring Luke, Leia and Han back, which maybe in 10 years' time they couldn't have done. Well, we know they couldn't have done because of what happened yeah. to Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. So, so they, did, they did have a really difficult decision. I think they made the wrong one, but yeah. I can see why they made it. But what, what they could have done was set up a brand new storyline elsewhere yeah. and done what they've now done with regards to Solo and Rogue One yeah. and used um, the original characters again anyway. Yeah, true. Just, just just use them as standalone movies. Yep, yep, agree with that. And I, like I said, I can understand why they did it. I totally understand why they did it. It was the easiest way to capitalise upon their four billion pound investment, four four billion dollar investment, it was the easiest way to capital upon capitalise upon that because that is you your your guaranteed clickbait to get people to go to the cinema. See what happened to Luke Skywalker forty years later. See what happened to Princess Leia forty years later. People will go see that, and that's that's what got Force Awakens such a massive massive turnover at the cinema. It's quite disappointing, actually, when you think of the potential that the story has, and that's what they did with it. If we look back now, actually, and think, where has the story gone from, from Force Awakens onwards? 
it's actually they, they could have done so much more really yeah it's I easy mean, for us to say they're, we're not writing it are we but they've actually damaged the brand equity I agree. If if you look what they did with the Clone Wars in that time and other things, they could have gone in so many directions. They didn't have to bring back something which the First Order is like the Empire, there's a Supreme Leader, there's an Apprentice. They didn't have to do that. They chose to do it. They could have taken a lot of interesting things out of the Clone Wars and gone down that route. But, you know, we are where we are now. And uh, to go back to where we actually started all of this, we're now in a situation where we as fans... Have no idea where it's going. None. The worrying thing is, I'm not certain Lucasfilm does neither at this point in time. But That's the argument to that is, yes. if if the fans are not exactly happy with where they've taken it, some are, some aren't, obviously. If we don't know where it's going because nothing's been announced, do we not think that that's a good thing? Because if they're going to, dare I call it, reboot, I don't like using that word when it comes to Star Wars, but... If they rethink, reanalyze, and re-educate themselves, <clears throat> that's got to be a good thing. But does that mean two or three years without another film? Probably. I'd have to wait point, that long if it was if it was going to be an absolute stonking film. Though I'd wait. Yeah, I'd, to I'd, your I'd point, really. Absolutely. If there's been nothing released. There's nothing announced. We haven't heard any rumors. You know, the only thing that they have announced is that the Cassian Andor show is going to start filming later on in the year. But that's not. A movie, to your point, a movie takes two years, really, if it's done well. That's going to be two years. So we're easily looking. Yeah, we're looking at 2021 at the earliest, in my mind, for the next Star Wars film. I mean, you might not be, and that might be a problem. (laughs) Well, I think you've also got directors and producers who are a little bit nervous around the Star Wars franchise at the moment. Yeah, I agree with that. Do Do they want to do a movie? Give it to Ron Howard. Let him run with it. Yeah, if you were Christopher Nolan, <laughs> you would touch Star Wars. No, someone yeah. needs to get Nolan on the phone and sell it to him. But he with needs his to be a Star Wars film. But with his reputation, and you know, it takes three or four years for a Nolan film. No one's going to give him that amount of control, and he doesn't need his reputation damaged. He's done the best superhero trilogy. He's done some of the best films. Why? Why would you do it? Yeah, that's true. That is true. It's a risk. It would be a risk. Yeah. Ron Howard Big. produced one of the best movies of the last five years with Solo. For me. He did, but, he did, but look at it on the other side, for me, it was it was a, just another Star Wars film. There was nothing particularly different about it. It didn't really go in a different direction, did it? I don't know, maybe that's part of the problem. It's, it's the same old, same old. But, well, it was, that's, it was a brand new story, but you knew ultimately where it would lead to. But I mean, in terms of the way it was filmed and the style of it and stuff like that, it wasn't it wasn't particularly different. You're saying tonally it wasn't gritty or Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, that's what I think they should do. Yeah. I, I really do. But then Rose take it off in a random direction. The only well, issue with that is that <clears throat> when you look at the way George Lucas wrote the original trilogy, the way he wrote the prequel trilogy, and the way he had scenes and elements of the Clone Wars, Star Wars is well known for its repeatedness. Again, I'm making words up the same as you. Um, but there are things that it, it works in cycles and c- circular. You know, we have the kids, the apprentice, the bad guy, the good guy, the the, the, the false, the dark, the light. That happened in the original trilogy. It was then the pre- not almost the same, but there were elements that cycled itself in the prequel trilogy and all the way through Clone Wars. To a certain extent, in Rebels, we have Kanan, we have Ezra. 
Master Apprentice, who are working for the good guys, trying to beat the bad guys. Star Wars is known for its repeatedness of echoes of themes, yet now all of a sudden we're kind of moaning that it's done that too much. No, I'm thinking more it's, it's where it is now because of that, maybe. Yeah. And they're thinking, where do we yeah, take Star, it? Star Wars is built on that. But, but I do yeah, think but... you can do too much of that, Alex. Like, if you think of, like, James Bond, it did reinvent itself in the Daniel Craig era. And if you look at what's happened with the Fantastic Beasts film, which has barely made $600 million, which for Harry Potter is a tragedy, like Solo was for Star Wars, if you continue and you give lip service back and you don't get it 100% right, you are asking for trouble. Is is the question then not? It's not about how they do it; it's the quality of what they do. Well, I don't think there was any quality control in the Last Jedi. There you go; I've said it. Well, well we said that for about seven hours previously, but um, yeah, no, you're spot on. It's it's the case of that, it, and like we touched on this before, it isn't the quantity; it's the quality. And if yeah. it's the quality that's lacking, regardless of the thing, I mean, Force Awakens. I really enjoy the Force Awakens. Is it the same as a New Hope? Pretty much. Is it a good film? Yeah. Is it as good as A New Hope? Well, no. But it's still a good Star Wars film, isn't it? It felt, it felt like a Star Wars movie. It's yeah. the, the Force Awakens is better than two of the three prequel trilogy films. It's probably on par with Revenge of the Sith for me, because I really like Revenge of the Sith, and I know, Ali, that's your favourite film. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of on par with Revenge of the Sith, which, if I'm being quite harsh, is probably the third best Star Wars movie in the arc of the six, by the way. I'm not talking about anything else. But then The Force Awakens comes in and actually kind of is, it's not as good as Empire, it isn't good as A New Hope, and it's better than Return of the Jedi from a cinematic perspective. And it's also on par then with Revenge of the Sith, but it's still better than Attack of the Clones and The Phantom Menace. And because it is a better Star Wars film, we're now criticising it potentially because it's more of the same? I don't know. I do think... I mean, I, I've been just like what Mayor and people like think about, but I do think you really run a danger if you keep nodding back to the past to satisfy an element of your fandom. And I think that's where, if you look at, if you look at Harry Potter right now, where you've brought in this new idea of Dumbledore's brother, where you have Professor McGonagall here appear 22 years before she was born. If you've got some people who are so invested in this, they're going to pick up on these things and say, well, that, it's not right. Why do I need to, you know, people like the mystery. And if you take it away, you're taken away from the films. Mm-hmm. I, to go back to what you, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm on neither side with this one, um, Ali and Alex, because I can see both of your points here. Um, I would say that we would probably not be having this conversation if Lucasfilm had decided to do exactly, if, keep everything the same, don't change anything, but get rid of the OT cast, get rid of um, Han, Luke and Leia, and have this set 300, 400 years into the future, and the OT are all legends by this point. Master um, Luke Skywalker refounded the Jedi Order. The Jedi Order had stood for another two, three hundred years, and then the the First Order had, had come back. I would say that we would not be debating this now. I I, I agree. Point. I agree. Well, I agree with that as well. But I I I agree with the fact that with myself, obviously, that <laughs> we we wouldn't have 
We would I drew it myself. <laughs> we, we would not have been having this conversation if the last Jedi hadn't been what it was. No, we wouldn't. I don't. When, I don't. I don't know. Maybe would. When the Force Awakens came out, Star Wars was back. You know, let, let's be blunt. Uh, there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of happiness around the way that The Force Awakens was done. Yes, it was very similar to A New Hope, but that was kind of pushed to the side a little bit because the film had done very well. It had introduced us to not just the old characters, but some really interesting new characters as well. Then they did Rogue One. And let's be honest, Rogue One is a really good film. It, is. um, it isn't just a good Star Wars film. It's a good film in general. Those two films were kind of carrying the, the Star Wars brand if you want to call it that at that point in time don't forget once that was announced there was no galaxy's edge on the way there was no um solo film you know these were all hanging off the coattails of that particular success then we saw the last jedi and we all know that what's happened since the last jedi so arguably if that hadn't have been the way it was and if it was more of a success from a fan perspective financially it made what 1.3 billion dollars so it was still a massive financial success but the damages that has been done is now with the fans and with the fan community, but also with the brand in general. If we didn't have that, would we have had the negative effect on Solo? No. Solo deserves to have done better because it's a great film. And would we be in a position now where we start to question everything that is being done by Lucasfilm? Probably not. Or am I just being really naive? I feel like I'm talking a little bit too much here. I'm sorry. But I think... I don't think you're right for, for some people. Like, for me, The Force Awakens when it came out really, really annoyed me because of I saw it as just being a remake. And then I didn't like Rogue One. I just couldn't get involved with it. So by the time The Last Jedi came, I was like, come on, give me something different. Give me that film that I'm waiting for. I liked it a lot to begin with. I wrote an article defending it. Then I was speaking to you guys. I saw all the problems with it. I can genuinely hand on heart say that of the four films that have come out, Solo would be my favourite in the new lot. But I don't feel like... I've, I haven't gone back and watched Solo as many times as I've gone back and watched Rogue One or the others because I want to like them. I just can't. And you've just killed the conversation. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, okay, one more thing on this. I know we're really labouring the point, but I was talking to my dad recently about this. Now, my dad is not a huge Star Wars fan. He, he likes it. And I went to the cinema with him to see The Force Awakens. He walked out. He was very disappointed in The Force Awakens because he basically said, it's a new hope. What, what, what have they done? Started ranting about it. Me too. Yeah. yeah um, I think I think I did to be good with that, actually. And then I, when I watched it again, and I, 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 it, grew, it grew on me a lot. But it is. It, he saw it as a rehash. He didn't then bother to go and see Rogue One. I did ask him. I said, oh, do you want to come and see Rogue One with me? He went, no, nah, I can't be bothered. It sounds like a bit of a niche one. I thought, okay, fair enough. Um, the Last Jedi, we went to the cinema to see that, and he hated it. He thought again, it was just a rehash of Empire and um, kind of the, <laughs> can't think of it. Episode Six, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi, that's the one. <laughs> um, yeah, a, re- a rehash of Five and Six, basically. Um, I had a conversation with him a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "Do you want to come and see Episode Nine when it comes out?" He went, "Nah, I'll just wait for it to come out and be free on Sky." And I thought, okay, so that that's just one man in his fifties. Who, who sort of half watches Star Wars. And I think that's possibly the market that's going to cost them quite a bit of money. Because I know so many people, people like that, that as well. I yeah. know people like that. That doesn't and, surprise He hasn't me seen either. Solo as well. He didn't see Solo. Sorry, that was the other one I missed out. He wasn't bothered about Solo. He said, well, I can't be bothered. 
So it's almost turned him off in a way. So kind of jumping back to the comment that I mentioned that my friend made, made Star Wars is dead. Maybe that's true. Yeah, that, it, it resonated with me actually. I meant to say it earlier, but yeah. I really, I really hope that not, up. because that means this podcast will be finished. Um, and I really <laughs> enjoy talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not dead, but I think it goes back to Dave's point that, 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 that there's a reboot needed and a recalibration and a, and a rethinking about what is it to be uh, engaging with Star Wars fans. Maybe through Galaxy's Edge, you're going to have a whole new generation who've watched Resistance, then go and see it, and then go back and f- watch the films and find something in it. We don't know. But all we know right now is, is that toy sales are down. We don't know what happens in films, but there's a lot of good content coming out in other media forms. The comics and the stories, the, the, and the novels. Fantastic. Mm. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, exactly. But then we saw this. We saw this during the dark years. Where Indeed, the dark times. Yeah, where Timothy Zahn brought out the the original Throne trilogy that just kick-started an entire renaissance of novels and comics. And then Disney decided to ignore the lot of them. And I'm not saying that was the right move or not. I mean, it, it was their, it's all their property and they can do what they want with it. Um, I think in, in a way, part of what they did was a little bit dismissive of the, the artists who'd produced all that work, as well as the fans that had, had continued to, to buy into Star Wars during that period. And I think that was, that was possibly a mistake by Lucasfilm. Which is why uh, we've seen them reintroduce elements of it, such as have. Thrawn into just... Rebels, etc. And they've done that brilliantly, to be fair. I'm like, mm. the, the new Thrawn novels, I love. I absolutely adore them. Yeah, and, they're very good. Yeah, and I like the Tarkin novel. Um, so, I, yeah. But those are all areas, Dave, which have hardly been touched upon in the past. Look at Thrawn. We've only seen him in cartoon form. Yeah. Tarkin, we saw him sparingly in film Mm. so there was whole areas to go off and do it which I think again ties in with our points which I think we're making which is that there's so much about Star Wars to be super duper creative about and go and make brilliant films and brilliant TV shows and just really enjoy Star Wars as as a whole universe but what we've had is is more of the same now for a few years Disney have made their money back and now they're having a bit of a, okay, what do we do next? And maybe we'll have a conversation when Disney Plus launches in September in America saying, can you believe what they've done with The Mandalorian? This is the best Star Wars we've ever seen. Could happen. You've, you've kind of taken the words out of my mouth then, Ali, because when you think about it, the, the way that they're positioning The Mandalorian, it's, what, five years after Return of the Jedi, it's about a Mandalorian. Um, is the concern then potentially that it's going to be much of a much as to what we've seen before? It depends on where they go with this child storyline and how much rebels and clone wars they bring mm. in, doesn't it? And I think that 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 in itself is a good way to kind of, as much as that conversation was brilliant, it's a good well, way to loop it back to the actual point of the new the new story is that they're not going to be making movies for Netflix. Uh, Netflix, sorry, Disney Plus, um, because 
if the movies themselves that they do create for this cinematic experience are causing the debate that, that has been going on for years, if they put it on a small format, such as a streaming app, that's going to create a hell of a debate. Let's be honest. Ooh. Not if the quality of story doesn't drop, because that's what we're exactly. exactly. Quality, not quantity. And yeah, you can still have a quality budget. story on a smaller budget. Exactly. I feel like we went off on a bit of a tangent there, but that was actually quite a good tangent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for the benefit of the listeners, if this is your first podcast where you're listening to us in your first show, be aware we do go off on different tangents and different conversations. Even though we start with A, we will always end up on B, D, G, K, 1, 2, 3. And that's the way that we do things. Um, we, we actually but, start these with an agenda as well. Yeah, exactly. And just to confirm, that was all about Disney and Fox signing off a deal, right? And how no, no, the, this is no. the app. Put movies on the <laughs> streaming. streaming. Yeah. But they all kind of link into one, to a certain extent. <laughs> However, the next news article does indeed tie back to Galaxy's Edge. So, as we know, uh, in Florida and in California, in Disney World and Disneyland, there is the new Star Wars land being created. Um, and, Ali, you touched on this earlier on, and um, I wasn't going to jump into it, but I think it might be a good idea to do so, because it's kind of tying into how Star Wars is progressing since the Disney ownership. So we know that the Galaxy's Edge um, will be ready, we believe, in June of 2019 for California. And no month has been announced, but it is rumoured to be the autumn or the fall of 2019 over in Florida. But the big news that's coming out the back of that is the fact that Disneyland in California has increased its prices for admission. So, again, Disney are looking at the benefit that Star Wars is going to bring to the franchise of, and the ownership in the company that is Disney. So, again, just to give you guys an idea, a one day, one entrance to one park in California is now going to cost an adult anywhere between $104 and $149. That's just for one day going into one park. So depending on the peak, if you are going in the height of summer, it will cost you $149. So for us over here in the UK, that's effectively about £110-ish, depending on exchange rate and depending on what time of the year. If you're a kid, it's anywhere between $98 and $141. So if you are a family of four, Dave, I'm going to use you as an example. Yes. If you want to go to a day trip to Disneyland, California, purely to go to see Star Wars Land, not the other park, which is California Adventure, you just want to go to one park, it will cost you in July or August, because that's obviously going to be when you would go pretty much because it's your school holidays. Somewhere uh, in the region of £500. It would cost you and your wife, Amy, $298. It would then cost George and William, because they are actually... It would cost, how old is George and how old is William again? Nine and 12. Right. The 12 year old is classified as an adult. Disgusting. That is ridiculous. A child is under the age of 10, 10 and under. Wow. Right. So if you went next year, Dave, you're going to be paying for four adults. $600 to get into Disneyland. If you want to, for one day. So how many kids are going to see this? <laughs> well, five hundred so pounds. It's when when you start going down it like this, it is expensive. And the if you are going as a day trip, you will get stung. If you're going to buy tickets in advance, you do get a discount. 
now that hasn't actually been announced yet but just to give you for instance if you want to go to disney world in in florida us in the uk we can get a 14-day ticket for 250 pounds so going to california you can get a like a a five-day package ticket and it is less than this but if you're just rocking up on the day to go to see star wars land in california you will pay that amount of money even if you went in the off peak it would be four hundred and sixteen dollars for four adults or in your mind dave your you your wife and your two kids yeah so there's a huge outrage in this yet to put it into context the park tickets before the increase were ninety dollars and a hundred and no sorry ninety five dollars and a hundred and thirty dollars anyway so that's before disney came along and increased the prices because of star wars so it's always been expensive to get into Disneyland. However, they are piggybacking on the coattails of Star Wars to increase the prices even more so. Which... £500. Yeah. For a day trip. If you rock up on the day and pay on the gate. Not if you pay in advance. Right. How crazy is that? I'm speechless. <laughs> I don't even have children and I'm speechless. There's no way I'd ever do that. <clears throat> so... The argument is how exactly, I mean, Disney are going to make money hand over fist. But let just to give you guys some context, if you buy a five-day ticket, it's $340. So per obviously person. The more, per person. So obviously the more days you go, the more money you save, as obvious as that sounds. So I'm looking at £1,200 for a five-day pass for a family of four. Potentially, yes. If you go peak for one park, yeah. 12 plus, plus food, Dave. Plus food, 12, plus souvenirs. Yeah. And stay 12, in the hotel and flights. Yeah. yeah. 1,200 pounds. Yeah. And no doubt you can upgrade, Alex. You can maybe upgrade to fast track and stuff like that. Not for, well, you can pay for, uh, an, well, you can pay for the two park ticket. So, therefore, at the moment, so the ones that I've only spoken about are where you can only go into one park. If you want to have a hopper ticket, which is where you can go into both parks on the same day. For the one day, it's $199. One day? For one day. <laughs> but if you buy the five-day ticket, it's $395. So, Mera, sorry, so Mera, someone who lives in America, earns dollars, $199 for one day. What do you say? No. <laughs> you can't sleep and you can't eat. You can't. <laughs> You'd have to fly down there, let alone your travel expenses. Two hundred dollars for one day. If it's what would you uh, expect for two hundred dollars, I would expect to be treated like Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to see everything. I would demand to eat everything, drink everything, experience everything, drive everything, see every nook and cranny of that park for that day, and get free stuff. I'm just, uh, yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, is, is that there's enough people that will pay it? Absolutely. They've obviously they've done their, they've done they've their cost-benefit analysis. <clears throat> yeah. It just means that a whole load of kids are priced out of what could be an absolutely amazing childhood memory. Yeah, but look yeah. what they spend in the U.S. anyway. They'll buy it. They'll do it. I'm different. <laughs> I mean, I budget. And and 
it would, I would, I want to experience it one day. Yes. So maybe I will, maybe I'll do the five or something. I do want to experience it someday, but there are people that will lay down money for this. They'll charge up their credit cards. They will make second mortgages on their houses if they don't have one already, because that's just what we do here. I don't know how it is over there, but it's, you know, we're not asked about People no, still no, do. Seriously. I mean, I, okay, so I, I've got a reasonably good job. I get a reasonably good amount of money for that job. Yeah. But that that hurts. Yeah, that hurts a lot because I'm already looking at, at flights and accommodation. I'm probably already looking at somewhere in the region of two to three grand just for flights and accommodation. Yeah. And then you add on top of that another grand just to get into the parks. Yeah. So that's so, that, that's, so I'm now looking at a five to six grand holiday. If, so if, you, if I buy well, if I buy cheap, if I get if I get good flights, if I get good accommodation, that's that's not if I'm really pushing out the boat and going for the good stuff. That's if I'm going budget. You have to take the kids out of school to get a good well, deal. <clears throat> that makes the difference. My wife works in school. Oh, well, there you go. My wife's a qualified teacher. Mm. She, she doesn't teach these days. She's, she's classroom support, but she still works in school. She's still bound by the school holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but that's only five days as well, Dave. You're not going to fly all that distance for five days. In a oh, no. see, this, wanna, this... They'll want to do other things. They'll want to go to University yeah, exactly. yeah. Orlando. They want to go see NASA. It's, I, I mean, I just... So just, to add, yeah, so just to kind of jump in that, this is purely for California, by the way. So the difference is, is that most Brits, and I'm, gonna, I'm generalizing massively here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Most Brits that go to Disney will go to Florida. A, yeah, I'd agree. The, the, the flight time is shorter. It's maybe eight hours, nine hours at a push. Obviously, going to LA, it's 12 hours. So, again, the flight time is shorter. Florida is also cheaper than California. So, again, like I touched on earlier on, if you're buying a 14-day ticket, us over here in the UK, you can get into Disney World for 250 to 300 pounds for 14 days. So, when you average that out, it's, what, 40 quid a day, which is a lot more reasonable than... 200 a day and that's a hopper ticket so that means you can go from animal kingdom to magic kingdom to hollywood studios to epcot all in one day in florida these i think most access to a star wars park for for us brits anyway will be in disney world in florida because it's cheaper and it's closer and you also get more bang for your buck the uniqueness and this is me being a disney fan by the way guys this is taking me out of star wars in general as a Disney fan, you go to California because it is the first park ever. It's very unique. It, even though it has similarities to the other parks all over the world, it is still quite unique because it is the first park that Disney, Walt Disney ever built. That is the, the draw. That is the attraction to going there. But for the most part, Brits in particular would go to Florida, like I said. Americans, I know that I've spoken to many Americans that they can go to Florida and California and go to the parks. Generally speaking, the locals will be the ones that will benefit the most because they will buy an annual pass, which is like $800, but you get a whole year for $800. Yet, arguably, you're looking at paying $200 for one day. So you do the math. You buy an annual pass, you can go all year round, or you buy $200, you can go for one day. Take it. Mm. So that, that, that is where us, I think the access to the Star Wars land for most fans in the UK and probably Europe in general, actually, would be 
in Florida for for Americans, depending on your point of view. I know a lot of Americans like to drive on holiday. Um, it's probably cheaper than actually flying. Uh, and a lot of, of the Americans that I've spoken to and that I know mm-hmm. kind of drive. You know, that, yeah. that's the standard thing. Um, I've met people from New York who drive to Florida. Yeah, and it's, it's like, cheaper. Yeah, because it it's cheaper. cheaper than flying. Plus, you can have your yeah. your comforts, right? Yeah. And Mara, again, I, I don't want to speak on your behalf, but it, you would would you if you was ever going to Florida, would you think of flying or would you look at driving? Depends on the year, the time of year too. But really, I've been pricing tickets uh, just because I like to dream. It's cost me more to fly Midwest than it would be overseas right now. Wow. Which is which is crazy. It would cost me probably a couple hundred dollars more to go to say Tulsa, Oklahoma, than it would be for me to see you guys in London. Crazy. Wow. Wow. Yeah. There's also there's also Alex, of course, we're gonna be getting a mini Star Wars land in Europe in Paris. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. what they do with those prices as well. I mean, I know we're talking two, three years away here, maybe yeah. longer. But well, that's, you know, well, yeah, that's I mean, even now, you know, to, to get into Disneyland Paris today, it will cost you 110 euros for one park. And let alone when Star Wars, because obviously what they're doing, they're going to build a, a mini Star Wars, a mini Marvel, and a mini Frozen Land in Disneyland Paris which means more attractions, which means more money. So therefore, you can easily see the ticket price going up to 150 euros, which, because the pound and the euro is pretty much one for one, that's almost 150 pounds as well. But again, it's it's the attraction of having Star Wars stuff. And that, to your point earlier on, Ali, that will make a hell of a lot more new fans because you might have people that go along who aren't necessarily Star Wars fans, they go to Disney World because they go on holiday. They walk into Galaxy's Edge. They get immersed into this new universe that, you know, if, if what happens, as we're led to believe, when you go to Galaxy's Edge, you actually become part of the Star Wars universe. You are a person in the Star Wars universe. You get to meet characters from the movies, the TV shows, and therefore it can, it, it can kind of sense the way they're going to take kids through this journey to become a Jedi, to become, you know, a smuggler or whatever that may be you're going to get massive amounts of fans that are going to want to spend and you probably only have unique gifts, souvenirs, products that you can buy in those particular parks. And therefore that's going to be the draw to get people back through the gate on a day-to-day basis. I, I do think there are, there is, there is a couple of problems with this strategy though, Alex, which is, you know, the people who can actually afford that are people like you and I that go to America and love it a lot. It priced out a lot of people. And then you look at Universal and their two Harry Potter worlds and it's half the price. <clears throat> Why would you go and see Star Wars? If, if you your didn't kids have grown up with Harry Potter, probably yeah. not grown up with Star Wars as much. Why would you go? If if you're an ad if you're if you've mm. got a couple of kids and you look at it and you go, right, I can spend five hundred or sorry, like $150 each to take them to Star Wars or 70 to go see two Harry Potter worlds. There's no comparison. You go to Harry Potter. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah nice no, spot. Obviously, it's horses for courses, right? So, <clears throat> so they're targeting the people like you and I, who, who admittedly will go, but half of those people have been so annoyed with The Last Jedi, they'll walk out <laughs> that as much as they did Solo. Yeah. 
There's also, Ali, Ali, exactly the same comparison. Do you remember my rant about Lego, sort of late summer of last year, where the Hogwarts Castle was the same price as the, or roughly the same price as the new Clade City set? And it was, I think it was double the pieces. pieces. Yeah, more than than double, I think, the pieces. So it seems like if it's Star Wars, it's just double the price. And what's sold better? I mean, I'm not buying for kids, but I see a lot of Lego Star Wars around in shops. But I don't see as much Harry Potter. What's selling more right now? Yeah. I do feel I'm taking this down a really negative podcast. And I'm really sorry about that. That's right. <laughs> from, from, from a dad of a family of four, I'm now thinking we'll probably never go to Disneyland. Probably never go. We just need our friends at Disney to throw us some free tickets. That's what we need to do, you know. And if I lived closer, you could stay with me. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Mera, up in Maine. That's so good, <laughs> yes. How Hello? dare you? Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. What are you doing Mary, up there? Mary, you, you need to move further south, Mary. That's what you need to do. Yeah, um, the Sunshine State's calling. I'll, <laughs> I'll rent a luxury van and I'll drive you all down. How's that? <laughs> you can get a massive RV. Take a road trip, and we'll see. Was it about thousand miles? Oh, probably. Yeah, just go right down ninety-five, straight shot, boom. More, yeah, that would be. And 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 the petrol is so cheap out there at the moment. So Mm. I know it's I know it's not compared to previous years, but compared to us Brits, the cost for petrol is so cheap. Uh, Oh, it has gone down. Yeah. Yeah. So I coming back from Florida myself recently, where. I was fortunate enough to have a Mustang hire car. It cost me twenty-two pounds to fill up a Mustang. Oh, I Mustang. nearly, I nearly had a heart attack. If I tried to <laughs> fill up a Mustang of that caliber in the UK, it cost me about a hundred pounds. That's how crazy it is. Um, but we are taking this up on a way different tangent to what you should do. Uh, <laughs> As always. As always. But where I was going to go uh, with the other piece of news from the Galaxy's Edge is that they are having two special beers. So if if you can afford to go there and you can actually get there, you can get some really good beer um, that is being made purely for the Galaxy's Edge. Now, I'm hoping they change the name of the actual beers because they sound really dull. Galaxy's Edge Ale. That's a little bit generic for my liking. Um, <laughs> You know, give me something like an order on ale. Um, that'd be pretty Smuggler's cool. snap. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Um, so therefore, you know, you, you, having these unique things, and like I touched on earlier, that, you know, that's going to be the draw of Galaxy's Edge. But whether or not you get the ability to go is a very different conversation entirely. Mm. We, just on the, the, the theme of beer, um, there's a brewery in Manchester, or South Manchester, Stockport, who have done uh, Star Wars-themed beers in the past. More, most recently, it was last year, and they did a Dark Vader. <laughs> Love it. Did you manage to get hold of some, Dave? I didn't at the time. I didn't find out about it until after it had stopped serving it. Ah, I was gutted. Yeah, it was a red ale oh. on the dark side. Oh, excellent. Even better. I bet it was tasty. But it was. But it was on the dark just, side a little bit, yeah. Just, just, just um, as a complete aside, they also did Magnum IPA, <laughs> the, the Pint of Thrones, <laughs> Robo Hop, <laughs> and Yippee IPA. Oh, that's oh. fantastic. 
I wonder if the lawyers at Disney and uh, Fox are happy with this. <laughs> <laughs> it might be why they don't do them anymore. <laughs> I doubt they're officially licensed, but you never know. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, it was Yippee I A Mother Hopper. <laughs> As a huge diehard fan, I love that. That is brilliant. Alex had the bleep machine ready then. I, I yeah. did. I was ready to go there, Dave. I really was. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I did that in post-production one or two, but hey-ho. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> However, I do think we are probably running out of time for this week to actually look at our best of 2018 because we had such a, a brilliant debate um, in the middle there about where Disney's taking these particular Star Wars movies. We have been going for an hour and a half, um, which, which is a decent amount of time for us. Um, there have been longer, there have been shorter, not many, um, but nevertheless, I think this might be a good time to wrap up for this week, guys, and maybe save the 2018 conversation for next week. What do we think? I think so. Sounds good. So with that in mind, A, Happy New Year again to you all. This is the first podcast uh, of 2019. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself talking to you guys again. It's wonderful having the, the whole collective uh on the mic uh and with that in mind i'm gonna ask you guys for your final thoughts for this particular week ali over to you final thoughts for this week mate okay so mr contrary mr negative today um i actually think star wars is in a interesting place it's i'd love as I said earlier to really focus at some point when they come out in in big forms the comics i think some of the things that vader's doing <laughs> such as walking into the force to become part of it to look at history i think that has big repercussions for the future um there's a lot of good stuff going on um and i can't wait to speak to you all and as our opinions change and evolve i really look forward to 2019 and i look forward despite what i've said to going to galaxy's edge in november hopefully <laughs> yes you and me both mate you and me both uh mera final thoughts from you uh well this conversation has definitely inspired me um on many levels one to really investigate more of the the written uh extended universes um i don't always shied away from those but um I think I really want to visit those now and also to write a little piece that maybe I'll allow you guys to publish about my view on Star Wars and where I come from with that. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to The Mandalorian and so many things. Cool. Sounds good. Andy, final thoughts from you, mate. Yeah, it's been great to catch up. Um, it's been too long, actually. I'll try not to leave it as long next time. Um, yeah, that's good. interesting discussions. Um, just actually... Touching on what Mera just said about the, the written universe, I recently purchased my very, very first Star Wars books um, a, couple of year, a couple of years ago, a couple of weeks ago. I bought the Chuck Wendig series, the um, three. After, after, after one, yeah. yeah, after my trilogy. So I've just about to start the first one of those, so I'll let you know what I think of those. Got nothing to compare it to, because like I say, this is my first ever Star Wars book. Um, I'm about 10 pages in at the moment, to be fair, and then I have to do something, but it, it's it's... Yeah, it's good. I'm enjoying it. Awesome. And last, but by no means least, Dave, final thoughts from you. I'm torn now. Um, lots of great things to look forward to. Mandalorian, um, the Disney app to see where that goes and what other TV shows start being announced. The, the, the Cassian Andor 
TV show. Clone Wars is coming back this year. Lots of great things to look forward to. But then I'm also nervous. I'm nervous around what will happen with the movies going forwards. So that's became such a big part of our, our podcast today. I've not actually considered it to that length. So to to be part of the conversation where we're debating it, it was great, but it makes me nervous. And then then I, I think I've in my head, I think I've just now said goodbye to ever going to go to the Disney parks in the US. <laughs> I, I never thought I'd actually do that. But yes, I think I've just shut that door in my head. Well, 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 we can start a crowdfunding, Dave. Oh. How about how about you watch the the last Jedi, and we get people to pay for you to do it <laughs> live video. And every and and you have to be nice, not one bad <laughs> word about it, not one swear Say word. One bad word, they can have their money back. Oh, oh yeah, I would pay good money to see that. Wow. Principles, principles, or holiday sunshine. <laughs> principles, I'm afraid. <laughs> so, just before I give my final thoughts, Dave, you did say that you was going to watch the Last Jedi, um, and I, 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 I know you haven't got around to it just yet. But while we was off there, you did say you had a plan. Yes, I do. I do. Very quickly, what is that plan? Okay, I am going to watch it, and I am going to um, talk whilst it's playing, and I will give a full review whilst it's playing, but I will pause it in places to explain why certain bits of it work or don't work, probably more don't work. Um, (laughs) So, um, on the basis that the movie is two hours long, we could be looking at a four-hour review here. Are we going to need to do that in two parts, Dave? I think, we, I, think we, I think it might be three or four parts, actually, because I don't <laughs> think we're going to want to listen to me rant for four hours. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, now, for, for people who perhaps don't know me as well, which I would actually say is the majority of the people who listen to us, I'm, I'm this... This happy-go-lucky guy who who rants every now and again, but and Andy, you'll probably be able to to agree with this, and and Alex to to a lesser extent because the pair of you have actually worked in an office with me. Mm-hmm. I have a bit of a potty mouth at times. <laughs> <laughs> so, for the benefit of the listeners who have no idea what a potty mouth means, i.e., probably some of our American followers and maybe some of our European followers, Dave swears a lot. Yes, Dave uses a lot of bad language. We yes, were going to yeah. have a swear box on our desk, and, and we just didn't bother. I think I think we just thought uh, we'll, we'll just bankrupt us after <laughs> about two days. Just just as an aside to that, <laughs> um, a, a colleague of mine put a swear box on our desk about two months ago because she was doing a half marathon and she wanted to raise money. Um, in one week, I put twenty two pounds in that box. <laughs> Was it a pound for every bad word, Dave? At 50 pence. So 50 pence. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can't afford to go to Galaxy's Edge. It is. <laughs> yes. So, so, and that was me knowing there it's was a... It's all we can play at. Wait, wait, that was me knowing there was a swear box there and being good. 
Do you know what, Dave? I've only been out on a night with a few beers with you. I think you should have a few beers before you watch it as well. No, please, no. No, that would not be a good idea. My finger would have to be on that beep button more than anything. Uh, so we, we will end up with, with a recording that is going to be fairly long, where I will probably curse a bit. Just a bit. So are you recording this, Dave, or are you filming this? Are you actually going to be talking into the camera? We've already no, filmed. No, 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 I'll, I'll record it. I'll record it. No one wants to see me. No one wants to see the faces I will be putting. <laughs> yes, we do. I think I, I... Yes, we do. I think we should put it out on a poll on Twitter. I, I won't have the battery life on my phone to do this. <laughs> You'd have to plug it in. Or the storage. Yeah. Or the storage. Use your laptop. Four hour recording on my phone. Have you got a webcam? <laughs> no, I don't. There you go. Not, not, <laughs> no, uh, I might, I might have a very old one, but it'll be really low res. No, you see, my phone will do ultra HD, but really, no one wants to see that. Um, <laughs> you should do it wearing a Captain Rex helmet. Captain Rex helmet. There you go. Oh, I've got. Oh, well, yeah, I could do it off. <laughs> I could do it in the Darth Maul mask, to be fair. Oh. Either, either way, I can't wait to hear it. Or see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, um, I'm going to give my final thoughts. So, uh, yes, it's been a good start to the new year speaking to you guys. Uh, we are obviously the Jedi Council, and we try to do this for the benefit of you guys, not just for ourselves. Even though it probably sounds like we love the sound of our own voices. Um, we are doing this uh, as fans of Star Wars. We are trying to provide enjoyable content. I say trying. Um, you know, last week we, we kind of came to the conclusion very quickly that we aren't professionals at this at all. Um, and it's good to kind of be speaking to the Wars for you. I, I've got quite a positive outlook um, on this. And I think Star Wars is going to be interesting for the next year based on not just the movies, but also the additional content that we get. Um, I'm reading the Vader comics. I need to read the next batch, which is um, the fourth trade paperback of the current series that isn't out yet, but I'm going to be getting that in March. I think it gets released. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a good time to a certain extent for our Star Wars fans. Uh, we're going to be doing this on a regular basis. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to us. We are the Jedi Council. Uh, if you want to know more about us, you can find us online. We are www.the-jedi-council.com. If you want to engage with us, we are on social media. We are at the Jedi-Council, at which is Twitter. From an Instagram, we are at the Jedi-Council. No, let me start again. Instagram, we are at the Jedi underscore Council underscore TJC. Uh, we are also on Facebook. Look for us for the Jedi Council TJC. Again, uh, interact with us. We try to engage with you guys as much as we can. Uh, we're pretty active uh, on social media as a collective and we hope you have enjoyed the last hour and 40-odd minutes of us rambling about everything and anything Star Wars. And with that, may the Force be with you. Remember, the Force will be with you.